right. Welcome in. Welcome back, folks, to an always Irish Know Your Foe interview special feature. As always, you can find the program on YouTube. Do it. Subscribe if you haven't yet. Appreciate it very much. Notifications on. Thumbs up. That way you'll be alerted every time new information drops. Twitter, search bar, always Irish, or at always Irish. Emails, always Irish, at gmail.com. Audio only anywhere you want me. You could get me. Colin show. Had one earlier today. Everybody was calling in. Do it again. Rest of the week. 312-988-15. So I mentioned we have a guest. My guest today is Corey Thompson. That's Twitter at Scarlet Great CT and on YouTube, Scarlet Great Ohio State guy. Really strong YouTube channel. I love that channel. Let's bring you in. That's a good channel. You guys Appreciate run a nice you. ship over there. I like it. Appreciate you, man. I, I, I'm, I'm glad to discover your show through John, our good mutual friend, John, because I, I, you know, I'm always wanting to keep up to date with other teams, especially Midwest teams uh, who honestly... Now Freeman's making it a little harder for Ryan Day to keep those Ohio boys. So um, it's going to be a little spirited competition here. Yeah. And the other thing that I will say right out of the gate here is, you know, between my group, your group, and our mutual Michigan State friend, we all have a similar bond. Anybody that doesn't like Michigan, I, even though we play in a, a few days, we can all be friends to a certain extent. Like mm. that works. Like I, I can, I like that. Michigan and Penn State for me uh, are two of the people. I mean, I, I don't hate the fans necessarily, but the teams, I if they lose, I'm good with it. Yeah. Um, so thanks for being here. You know, after all this buildup, you know, mm. th this game had been circled on everybody's calendar for years, mm -hmm. and it was already going to be massive just because of these two brand names, historically, geographically kind of close. Regular season, don't play a lot. I believe 95 was the last matchup, I think. Was that it? 95? Yeah, 95, 96, I think. 94, 95? I, I vaguely remember that, but I would have been 10 or 11. So that it shows you how long it, that's yeah. been. Um, so it was already going to be a massively big deal. And then, oh, by the way, Mr. Brian Kelly decided to, to, to be the swamp thing. And he headed down to Louisiana. And then Freeman comes in. And it just so happens his first game as the head coach at Notre Dame is against Ohio State, where he went to school, where he spent his formative years, where he was a very good player. Mm -hmm. And it's ramped up all of this excitement even more. Absolutely. What, what are your thoughts just on the buildup of all this? It seems big and we're it's Monday, Tuesday. It's just going to keep getting bigger. You know what? I want this every year, man. I just want these big games. I'm so sick. I'm so glad we're not opening with Toledo. The fact we're opening with Notre Dame and it's not, you don't, neither team gets like three games to figure out their bugs. They have to come in, just be sharp right off the bat. They just have yep. to be. The, it's, it's just going to be the game who makes the least mistakes. Uh, because, you know, when you come out of camp, you're just like, oh, we didn't realize that. We overlooked that. We were, and it's like, it's, so you kind of like, okay, you got to fork on that. And there's a couple areas we'll cover that I think, oh, Notre Dame probably has the advantage over Ohio State. Um, so it's good. I, I love it. Marcus Freeman, his first game in the shoe. When come, it's going to be my first game ever as a fan in the shoe. I, it's going to be huge. I can't wait to see the fireworks. I love, I love big boy football. Big boy college football is the best sport on the planet as far as I'm concerned. And you know what else is great about this? And this applies for next year as well when Ohio State comes to South Bend. I really appreciate the fact this didn't get pushed to some cold corporate neutral dome yes. somewhere. Like even if it was indie or These whatever. These are two iconic stadiums. Play in the stadiums. Exactly. I don't. I just don't get it. Like Notre mm -hmm. Dame at Notre Dame just they had a Wisconsin series, and it's like okay, Soldier Field's cool, and where the Packers yeah. play is cool for the Bears and the Packers. But I would yeah. like to go as a fan to Wisconsin for a night game. And then have them at our place. Like, so I don't like that. So this, we're getting the full boat experience. Mm -hmm. It's beautiful. Two top five teams. Yep. I got to ask you this. Let's start with this. What is the Ohio State perspective on Marcus Freeman being one of your guys? Mm -hmm. Is it like pride that one of your guys is now the head coach of a, a place with a lot of football tradition or are we annoyed at some of the things he's been saying uh, in the media or where are you guys at with Marcus? 
I, I think that generally the fan base, overall speaking, like as a Joe Burrow situation where we root for the guy. But then, yeah, some of the things he's been saying, it's like, dang, it's pretty cold against your alma mater there. Now, don't get me wrong. I get it. you got to build those roots with Notre Dame. I totally understand that. I'm not saying, yeah. like, you have to come up here and be lovey-dovey in Ohio State because you're about to yeah. play us. You need to beat us. Totally get it. But, man, he's like, ah, I'm emotionless going into the shit. I'm like, come on, dude, really? It's, 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 I'm not, and don't get me wrong. This does not reflect on his character or anything like that. I'm not suggesting that. I don't think anybody said that he's a bad guy. They're just like, man, okay, fine. It's war, I guess. Forget it. I guess the Buckeye yeah. ties are gone now. But the, again, as we, we do understand under the, under the skin that you have to build those roots in Notre Dame. This is going to be his destination job. He's not going anywhere. So you need to build those roots. Make sure uh, this Notre Dame's your home now. We get it. But come, come calm down just a little bit. <laughs> you know, that's kind of how we feel about it. Yeah, and here's how I look at that. Some of the things he said, Ohio State specific, I kind of chalked it up to first time young energetic head coach trying to build that momentum and, mm -hmm. and kind of stir things up and let everybody, like I feel like he kind of overdid that a little bit, kind of for the reason you said. You're new in there. You got to establish mm -hmm. you're, you're on this side now, not that side, you know? Um so I, I do get that. Um, what about his coaching chops? Like, mm -hmm. are Ohio State people looking at this going, all right, he's a good DC, and, and so far he's a really strong recruiter, but we don't have a body of work as head coach, so we should just roll this guy, and then maybe he'll, he'll learn it in a few years. Like, it's, how do you guys see it week one? It's really split. To be honest with you, I have even covered a massive areas. I'm, I three months ago, if you asked me, I thought we were going to roll. We get closer, and reality starts to set in. Like, okay, we're not. That's that's goofy. Um, I think there's a segment of the fan base thinks we're going to roll because that's how they always think. Doesn't matter yeah. who it is. My dad was kind of like that. It's like we should beat everybody by three touchdowns. That's just how he felt. Um, I think there's also a segment that's like really wanted him as a DC at Ohio State. They really wanted him there. I mean, people literally, when Kerry Combs was fired, was like, go get Marcus, give him blank check, whatever he wants. And I was like, I'm fine with that, but uh, would just look around a little bit. And then when when Brian Kelly left, everybody kind of realized, okay, he's he's Notre Dame's golden child. Forget it. Forget that path. Um, I'm, I can speak for myself. I'm of the mindset is I do think he has the chops to be a great coach. I just don't know what to expect right now because uh, his first game, huge game on the road how does he prepare how did he prepare his first camp you know but he's got some good coaching jim trestle's uh been a been a guy that's mentored him a little bit national title winning coach uh, luke fickle obviously has been a guy who mentored him brian kelly for his faults maybe what he's done to notre dame's program as far as leaving them in, in the lurch like that um i don't know how i'll let you explain how you feel about that but uh, he had Brian Kelly is a good coach to to learn under. So it's not like he's never been around great coaches. So I expect him to have a, a vast book of knowledge as to how to do things. But again, has he projected his own personality into how he wants to run things? So it's going to be interesting to see how tight the ship is coming out of the gate against a, a you know a, a juggernaut like Ohio State. So um, it, it I'm really interested to see that how clean and crisp is the Ohio, or Notre Dame's game, and if they come out clean and crisp, then you know. They had a great camp. He prepared them extremely well. And you're like, this guy is a force to be reckoned with for many, many, many years. And then, and by the way, just be, you know, the game first game doesn't go well doesn't mean he's not. You know, I just that's my point. I have no idea what to expect. Yeah, and I think that's where that's where we all are on the Notre Dame side. Mm -hmm. Is I, we're sitting here and I run this show every day, follow Notre Dame twenty four seven, and I'm sitting here on my show going, I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know. So here's the way I look at this. So I think Marcus Freeman was hired with elite potential as the main selling point. Like you had the body mm -hmm. of work at the defensive coordinator, but the relationship building and the elite recruiting angle of it, like Freeman was hired with high end elite level potential. Mm -hmm. But the question you and I both are facing is how many years does that take yeah. for that to take hold for him to no longer be a new head coach going through the learning curve and trial and error and, and all of that. So when I do interviews or shows with other people and they ask, how do you feel? He doesn't have any experience. How could you feel good about him compared to Kelly with 40? 
the way I say it is, there's a light at the end of the Marcus Freeman tunnel here that didn't exist under Kelly when we kept doing the same thing, getting the same results year after year after year. This is going about it a different way mm-hmm. with more risk because you don't have that experience where the ceiling's kind of high and you know what you're going to get. But on the high end, there's room for more potential there for yeah. Notre Dame because Freeman's a much better, more aggressive, communicative recruiter with mm-hmm. the genuine personality everybody at Notre Dame loves, which you couldn't say about Kelly. Mm-hmm. The players love it. He can relate to these younger guys in recruiting. Um, he also requires everybody on the staff to do that too. Something else mm-hmm. Kelly didn't do. There were certain guys you just knew weren't going to recruit on a Kelly staff. And you had to pick up the slack and you knew who they were. And that's just the way it was. So, Freeman is very much a potential hire with elite recruiting as the driver to get you there. That's how I see this. He didn't get hired on any body of work being a DC. Mm -hmm. He got hired because of that personality and what he's going to do in recruiting. And we're all just baking in and figuring, like you said, he's been around this enough and around enough of those guys. He'll pick up quickly that process of being a day-to-day head coach. Um, so it is interesting. I'm a lot higher on Freeman overall than I am in it this game week one, if that makes sense. No, that makes sense. I get Which you. Because you like the perfectly like fair the to him. look at. Um, but like you said, there's gonna be a lot of overreaction, good or bad, to this game. If somehow 100%. Freeman wins it, He's Bill Belichick and yeah. better than Saban and give him the bronze statue outside the, the stadium now. And you and I both know the first time Ohio State does anything good, my Twitter feed's going to be full of, he's in over his head. Yeah, 100%. He's in over his head. He's never going to figure it out. This proves it. You know that's coming. So my idea is you let Freeman flip the roster areas he thinks are woefully inadequate. And there are a couple that Kelly left in a very, very bad position where Notre Dame should never be, especially winning as many games they have the last five years. Mm-hmm. So I look at it as flip that roster with your elite recruiting, build those relationships, get a couple years down the road of head coaching experience under your belt. And then after that, then you're in a really good spot because it's your roster your staff, you got a couple years to figure out the head coaching day to day, and then you go from there. So that's how I see it. And I'm a lot higher on him overall than I can be week one, game one, because there's just nothing to go off of. Are, exactly. are those all fair points, or am I, I think they're fair. crazy? Yeah. No, I think I think Freeman at Notre Dame has more potential than Harbaugh at Michigan did when he first came in, because everybody remember the, the hype around Harbaugh coming to Michigan. Uh, I think Freeman's a better personality, the better recruiter. Uh, I think he well, can he's do from that. Earth. Yeah. That's a big. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's a big true. difference. We could start there. He's from <laughs> Earth, true. and you can actually talk to him like a normal person. No one could do that with Harbaugh. I think he's a nice guy, but he's just a weirdo. You know the the Minister Society podcast, Minister Sports podcast, says same thing. The guy's just weird, and uh, I think he's nice, and he's a good family yeah. man, and all that. He's just a freaking weirdo. Social, like interactionally, yeah. he's he's socially awkward. Freeman is the opposite of whatever that is. Like the Freeman opposite. gets it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I we hey, many Ohio State fans wanted Freeman on the staff horribly, horribly bad. Pro- they felt like we should have got him instead of Kerry Combs. Uh, probably in hindsight, that's true. I mean, I, I will say that because I mean, I I was hopeful Kerry would be good, and it became a disaster for our defense. And I'm very confident Knowles will be fine. But um, I totally get why people back then were screaming for Freeman. You know, back then, back in the day, and honestly. He'd probably still be the head coach at Notre Dame today because uh, he wasn't going to be at Ohio State. Ryan Day being 45 or whatever he is, and he wants to stay at Ohio State. Yeah. But I will say this in, in defense of Freeman. Ryan Day came in his first year as head coach. Nobody knew his body of work. He, I mean, he coached three games when Urban was suspended, but nobody knew his body of work of being the head guy and ran rough shit over the Big Ten. I mean, so uh, his very first year, he averaged a 19-point victory on every Big Ten game, and he destroyed Michigan. So – uh, won the Big Ten, um, not with ease. Not I mean, Wisconsin gave us a game because of their second time playing, but in the second half, we just ran over them like it was nothing. 
And I still maintain we beat Clemson without a couple of bad calls, but that's neither here nor there. We're still all salty about that. But anyway, um, then he got revenge on Clemson, though. But again, just because it's his first game, first year, doesn't mean he can't have a great year. That's that's a definite. And, and he might be he might be elite right off the bat. You know, it's possible. I mean, it's it yeah. might just he might just already have enough knowledge. He's like, no, I know what I'm doing. We're good. But so. it's like, but here's where I have trouble with this because then that that angle runs me into the angle of. Now free Kelly's gone, but that doesn't mean some of the roster issues Kelly caused yeah. left with him. So that's where I get nervous because you're in Fair a little enough. overlap where even if Freeman might know exactly what he wants to do, but he doesn't have, we have like three wide receivers that can walk right now. Like, yeah, you got like injury. We do not have yeah. any wide receiver depth because of the previous regimes, lack of recruiting development guys bailing. that didn't like what was going on. All of that. Mm-hmm. So it's like, just cause Freeman's gone or uh, Kelly's gone. All the problems didn't instantly go with them. Yeah, I hear you. That's another reason why I want to build this guy a couple years to be able to flip what he needs to flip. Um, but on the other end of that, that's what happens in every coaching change. And the new guys have to deal with it and win. And it shows what you can work with, you know, take a mm-hmm. little less, get something out of it. Let me ask this. Sure. This is in my mind. And it's bugging me. <laughs> what if Ryan Day, follow me here. Gotcha. What if Day gets an NFL offer in a few years he can't refuse? I got you. Like New England would Does be the Arline one. Does Arline get yeah. that job by then because he's such a great recruiter? Or are they going to come right over and go, hey, Freeman, why are you in South Bend? Why don't you come home, you, buddy? You know come what? Home. If Gene Smith is still the, uh, I'm only, I love Gene Smith. I'm not saying he's going to get fired, but he's, he's close to retirement. He's really, he's getting up there. Gene Smith, the AD, I can absolutely see him giving a phone call to Freeman and, and just offering him seven, $8 million a year to be the head coach. And I, I don't know if he would leave right now or not. I can't, I can't read Freeman's mind the way he's been talking about Ohio state. I'm like, maybe he's happy there. I mean, he even said, I wish I'd have gone to But I'm not uh, thinking about now. I'm thinking about like, here's what I don't, the worst case scenario for Notre Dame is we get down this path where hmm. Freeman works out the kinks of learning to be a head coach. And then right when it's all like full blown go, then Ohio state calls and then he leaves. So I get all the Freeman years of him figuring it out. And then once he nails it, then it's like, Oh, well time to go to Columbus. And then it's like, John, you're screwed again. I, you know, I know. Like, I, I hate. I hate to say it, but I do think Gene would give him a call, and because um, yeah. well, Jim Knowles is fifty-seven, you have, you and ain't going to be. Yeah, you should, you should give him a call, no matter. You're not what. doing your job if you're not. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, um, so I don't. Know, it's think, possible. You think Day wants to stick around a while though, because he's pretty I, young every, too, right? Every source I have, uh, New England would be the only one that would concern me. He's from that area, and Bill Belichick being a legend, the Patriots. That's a good job too. Yeah, it's a good job. Um, but. That being said, I think they have a guy in mind in New England to be the next guy. But that being said, I know for a fact it would take a large Brinks truck to get Ryan Day out of Columbus. He loves it there. His kids are still pretty young. Yeah. Um, he, he's got a young family, and it's easy. He's been offered NFL jobs already, but he doesn't talk about them. And then the Bears were actually heavily after him. Uh, so, and that could have been him and Justin Fields reuniting. But he he's been they they gave him an extension. He's I've had every source in the world tell me, no, he's actually really happy in Columbus. And actually, when the and when he did get the job in Columbus after Meyer left, a lot of NFL teams were actually pretty upset about it because they know Ohio State's going to be hard. It's going to be hard to pry him from Ohio State. So um, I'm really confident he'll be here for quite a while. He may, I mean, maybe in his mid 50s. Let me give the NFL a shot. Let me see if I, I can, you know, because they all do that. They all wonder, you know. Yeah. But I could see maybe down the road he would, but I think in the foreseeable future, he's going to be a Buckeye. Hey, Kelly's been trying to go to the NFL for about 10 or 11 years yeah. now. <laughs> so he's been trying. He's it's been, been every year with for- Kelly. Is he going to go here? Is he going to Indianapolis? Is he going to be the next Colts coach? Yeah. I'm telling you, he put his feelers out uh, damn near yeah. after every single year, except for four and eight in 2016, because he knew hmm. your stocks can't get any lower than that. Um, Let's transition back into into our ball game. Here's how I see this, man. There's big time pressure on both these head coaches just because of this dynamic. Mm -hmm. But I don't see any way anyone can tell me there's not more pressure on Ryan Day in Ohio State. And the reason I the reason I say that is they're simply further down the established path. Mm -hmm. 
And not a new head coach. You're at home. You got a quarterback you trust. You know, you have playmakers. They have a lot going on that's already structured and in place and in a Mm -hmm. healthy place. So for that reason, I think there's way more pressure on Ohio State. Do you agree? 100%, 1,000% agree with you. Uh, I say that Notre Dame is playing with house money right now. That that spread is a little ridiculous in my opinion. Uh, but it, it allows for bulletin board material for Freeman. And on top of that, I, you know Freeman, nothing to lose, is going to come out throwing haymakers. And he should. He should absolutely come out aggressive and throwing haymakers. Um, I'll say this. Your defense line I know is really good. And you have a defensive-minded head coach. We have Our offensive line has talent but it's not cohesive yet. And we have a new offensive line coach. That matchup kind of concerns me a little bit, and it could disrupt an offense. I don't care how good the offense is. I mean, we got playmakers out the wazoo on offense. I mean, yep. I can go down the list, but uh, it doesn't matter if the offensive line doesn't keep it, keep the pressure off the quarterback and get, let the uh, running backs have a uh, lane. But that being said, yeah, you're 17-point favorites, which is goofy in my opinion. And um, Vegas is weird on this one. And then they got the new – Ryan Day's had two out of his three years terrible defense. I don't mean bad terrible defense this is the year he's supposed to fix it with jim Knowles. i'm not saying they're going to be mid-season form on defense but you got to start showing some improvements you got to start showing there's there's light at the end of the tunnel like we're going to be good we're going to be fine here so if they come out notre dame's putting up 38 45 points like it's nothing and we're having to play track meet try to keep up and stuff like that i think people a lose a little faith in ryan day and if ryan day loses his game after losing the team up north last year and barely beating utah i think people are going to start questioning is he the guy I mean, there's going to start coming those questions. If he lose two games this year, he's got the team that can go to a national title and win the national title. He's got to pull it together and win it this year. So he's got to come out. I've said on the on a show of ours, he's got to make a statement win against North. No, um, I keep saying North Dakota for some reason. Notre Dame. Um, he's got to make a statement against Notre Dame because that's a big boy football program. And they're going to be coming out aggressive. There's no question in my mind. They're going to be swinging at you, swinging for the fences at you. You got to withstand the storm and win the game and win it at least looking pretty good. I'm not expecting it to be perfect by any stretch. So at least, you know, pretty good win for people to say, okay, Ryan Day is riding the ship on the defensive end and the offense is going to hold its own and do be really good. My concern again, though, that offensive line, man, I, I, this is just for your for your listeners and Irish fans out there. Our left tackle, Paris Johnson, he was recruited to be a left tackle. He's a five-star guy out of Ohio. He is, from what I understand, he's had a couple of little bad days in camp. I mean, but of course, that's going against Jack Sawyer and people like that who are ridiculous. But still, you don't want to you don't want to face Irish defensive line on the first game and you're you know getting your training wheels off. You know, you just you you that's not a game to do it. You got to be coming ready to play. And I'm I'm a little I'm I'm curious to see how that works out. It's funny. It's really interesting to me that that's where you went with this because the mm-hmm. next bullet point I have is. We know all about that quarterback and all the toys and all the weapons. But my next question to you is going to be that offensive line against Notre Dame's defensive front, I think, could dictate this entire ballgame to a large extent. Um, And that was exactly what I was going to ask. That's one of those matchups where I think you could honestly say Notre Dame, depending on how they shape it, Mm. may be able to to make some moves there. And then I think you're looking at a Michigan template, right? Like that that was kind of what they tried to do to Ohio State was pressure and disrupt, right? Yeah. Yeah. They so, that, that offensive line last year was uh that's why Stud is gone, Coach Stud, and we got Justin Fry is is because of the, the tackles who were still pretty good just got eaten alive last year. Um again, I don't I don't know what to expect. I just don't because Paris Johnson is a legitimate you know, they even say he's going to be a top 15 pick. If he pans out, you just got to see it. Like Freeman, you got to see it first. Yeah. So um, I mean, he's been a good offensive lineman, but he's not played left tackle at the college level yet. So we'll see. Uh, I like the interior, though. I do like the talent of the interior. Luke Whippler is a guy who's had a year of experience at center. He's a good player. Donovan Jackson's a five-star ridiculous stud out of Texas uh, who's going to be starting at guard. And Matt Jones was the number one center interior lineman in the country when he came out of high school. He's finally – finally going the lights going on he's so they got experience it's just are they a cohesive unit yet um the good thing is cj having a year under his belt he can look at blitz packages and disguises and things like that and see it coming and help the offensive line pick that up that's that's my saving grace on that (laughs) yeah and that is a benefit notre dame does not have uh with their quarterback. quarterback and and that's like that's a whole nother dynamic. You have the new coach in his first ball game. We also have a new quarterback and mm-hmm. he hadn't seen a lot. Um, 
His developmental track has been stunted for things that are nobody's fault. The kid had an ACL, mm. lost a year to COVID, yeah. and then he was the backup to a fifth-year guy last year. So his developmental track, I, I thought two years ago, I'd know what we had in him. And here I am year three, hoping I know what we have in him, yeah, you know, yeah. like, like, so that's tricky. And it, it, it makes me think about your defense. And I mm. want to ask this, um, sure. can you explain to me what went so wrong with the previous <laughs> defensive regime? Listen, Hey, you want the long Notre list? Or the <laughs> listen, Notre Dame and where I'm going with this is the Notre Dame fans are all saying it's going to take some time for Ohio state, even with the good defensive coordinator coming in to, to make this to where it's all good again, right away. And, mm. and they're, they don't think that's going to be possible week one. And what I'm telling Notre Dame fans is that 2016 four and eight nightmare we had a bad defensive coordinator, fired him, and got a lot better the next day. So mm. it is possible that it could be addition by subtraction right away. But a lot of the Notre Dame contingent are thinking mm. your defense is going to need a little time in this with, you know, Knowles in there, and it might not be that sharp week one. So where did it go wrong last year? and What do you expect right away? Well, first and st for starters is, if, it, for all the Buckeye fans that claimed we need to simplify the defense, I'd argue that was the problem. We simplified it way too much. Uh, we played a lot of containment with the defensive line rather than aggressive pass rush with our guys. Mm -hmm. I, it was weird, and it, we haven't had good linebacker play since Luke Fickle was at, at Ohio State. But uh, And we played a lot of base defense and cover three and things like that, and it was incredibly easy to predict. It, yeah. it was – I mean, like we've had – notes of players in the in the woody hayes athletic center saying oh my gosh we're not just practicing the base today oh, thank god you know um do i think it'll be a hundred percent sharp first week of course not that's that'd be ridiculous uh, i think there's going to be a blown coverage here and there and things like that because they're, they're still learning but do i think it'll be 75 to 80 percent better than what it was absolutely not only that but there's something about the our, our roster that i'm very excited about is the super sophomores on the defensive line jack sawyer j j2 to him i can't say his name uh, Michael Hall and Tyleek Williams on top of Zach Harrison on top of, you know, uh, I really think we're going to get a lot of pressure this year very easily because we have – Noel's an aggressive monster on the defense. And Combs was absolutely not aggressive. Ironically, our defense suddenly looked competent at times and we would blitz. Go figure that one. But we were always wondering, why are we laying back and, you know, rushing four and dropping seven back just all the time? It made no sense. I think our defense was extremely basic under Combs. Um, I expect – large improvements not to be 100 percent first week but a i think it's going to surprise a lot of people how improved it really is because i mean all the reports out of camp from spring to summers to fall has been just the defense i have i can tell you this right now i know it's all coach speak but i've seen the players in interviews they seem just genuinely happier than they've been in years like they're excited about this so I expect a much more competent defensive game plan going into Notre Dame. And I, not, that being said, though, I'm not saying it's going to be some kind of shutout, but I do expect it to be tougher than it has yeah. been for, for opponents of Ohio State, at least. And, like, what I did look up, I kind of found the same thing. It seemed simple. There wasn't a lot. It just didn't seem like there was a lot going on. No, it wasn't. It, yeah, like, that's kind of the feel. And it's like, where's – where's you making the offense have to think and figure this out? Where's this coming from? And what am I, you know, like it just yeah. didn't seem like there's a lot of that. And, and if I'm an Ohio state guy, I want as much of that as possible against Buckner. Who's a brand new quarterback. Mm -hmm. Like that all plays right into Ohio state. It's like, you got this kid at your place. It's going to be loud as hell. Thanks to you. They're, you know, <laughs> drinking and yelling it's going to be loud as hell, confuse this kid. Yeah. Like I would be having guys creeping up, going back, disguising my coverages, making him think we're coming and sitting back, then doing the opposite. Like I would throw all of that at him. You guys just need to make sure you could cover that, you know, and there's not yeah. uh, you know, a, a mental error and a guy's wide open, but well, the, and the talent was never an issue. And and that's the thing is the defense was terrible, but it wasn't because of talent it, it problem. It yeah. was talents. I'm I'm actually love the talent we have on the team. Mm -hmm. Maybe a little lacking at linebacker because CJ Hicks is not ready to take over yet. But safety play has been bad, but we have good safeties. 
Uh, I actually, Josh Proctor being healthy, Court Williams being back there, Ronnie Hickman's turning into a star. Uh, he's going to play three safeties on the field at one time at all times. So you're going to have the size and speed to match the athleticism of Notre Dame. So it's kind of like four, two, five defense with a, a, it's more like a three, three, five, but that, that, that fourth defense alignment is kind of a stand up. He'll move, Jack Sawyer is going to move all over the field in disguises, blitz packages. So he's also going to drop back at times. So I, it'll be a lot better. I would say that it's not going to be like Kerry Combs version of Jim Knowles defense versus week. I just think it's going to be some ups and downs, but, you know, it's going to, there's going to be, they're going to be better again. I'll tell you when it was third and 12 with Kerry Combs, I was still shaking. Like they're not going to get out the field. And then they're open, the scenes wide open. Of course it is. You know, <laughs> so, yeah. uh, that's how it was with Kerry. And I love Kerry. I'm not trying to knock him. He's just not a D coordinator, but I love yeah. the guy. He's, he's a really good guy. And, and the other thing is like, like you said, you didn't feel talent was the issue. Yeah. That makes it so much more frustrating too, because you're like, it isn't the guys. Like yeah. we know we have the athletes. So it's double frustrating when they can't mm -hmm. cover or do what you need them to do because it isn't talent. So oh, we destroyed Sean Wade's draft stock, just destroyed it. I mean, because we had him bail on every play playing cover yeah. three and he, and everybody looked like he's getting beat. No, he's bailing into zone and he's passing it off to a linebacker. Doesn't know where he's supposed to be. It's like, ah, driving me nuts. I think, you know, we talked about the importance of, Ohio State's offensive line, you know, matching yeah. up against Notre Dame's defense. That's front. the big matchup for me. Yeah. It is. It is. That is, I think, probably the biggest. A close second, I'm going to go with Notre Dame's offensive line against Ohio State's defensive front because here's how I see this. I'm tempted to say defensive line and then secondary, you know, protecting against all those athletes mm. and all that. But I think if Notre Dame's defensive line can disrupt enough to cause Ohio State some issues, we're going to give up a lot of yards. It's just the points. You could give yeah. up a lot of yards. Everybody's going to against you guys. The yards isn't going to bother me. It's the points. Yeah. So, but another way to accomplish that is for Notre Dame's offensive line to do the job so they can power run the ball the way they want to ease yeah. in this new quarterback in this new environment that's mm -hmm. going to be a lot to take in. And I think that's a huge matchup. Notre Dame has to be able to maintain some momentum running the ball or they, they can't compete in this game. Like, it is that black and white. Well, Michigan's me. blueprint, yeah. Yeah, it, it is that black and white. They need to be able – I'm not saying run the ball for 300 yards on you yeah. guys. But they can't be running into a wall on first and second down. It's third and long, and we all know what's coming. That's the Brian Kelly big playbook, right? Like, it can't be that. So, we feel good about the offensive line. Jarrett Patterson. You generally do have good offensive lines, yeah. We, but, of course, right, when John says, I feel great about that unit, one of the starters gets hurt now, you know, and then I don't feel as great. So, but, it's, it's your fault then, okay. Yeah, it is what it is. Um. But that matchup, Notre Dame's got to be – they have to be above average in that area at a minimum. Doesn't it always come down to the line of scrimmage every football game ever played, ever? I mean, It does, but on this one, it just seems to jump out to me extra because of the dynamics of, the, of what we're talking about. Like, it's so clear to me what has to happen here hmm. for Notre Dame to, to make this mid-third quarter, and we're all going, wow, look at this. You know, like, like – so – and you got to understand, man, we have Brian Kelly scar tissue in this fan base. Like, if this was Kelly, I'm not, I'm not laughing. If this was Kelly, forget it. Like, it's big game Kelly under the lights. It wouldn't even – forget it. He'd tell the guys it's a business trip. Just punch in, punch out, do your yeah. job. No emotion allowed. It was all we're just there to do our job. The other team's building it up like a world war, you know, mm -hmm. and we walk in there in our cubicles ready to punch in and punch out. And I need to see that change, you know, so I'm hoping that energy, that vibe is different. That gives you the excitement, though, right? The unknown. Like, it gives you yeah. some excitement. Yeah, exactly. And like we talked about before I hit record, a lot of this Freeman excitement in our fan base is just towards something different that we never have. Young, modern, hip, energetic, all of that, mm -hmm. that ain't Notre Dame, man. Like, that's not our gig is being, like, cool or modern or hip at all. So this is all new. And like I said, 
we feel there's a light at the end of the Freeman tunnel. It didn't exist under Kelly. Um, I'm way, way, way more excited for this game, even with the unknowns of Freeman, than I would have been with the knowns of Kelly. Because the knowns, I know I don't like. I know I don't like Brian <laughs> Kelly's knowns. Don't show up in the biggest games is what I know. So I'm open to trying something new. Yeah, you know, it's funny. That's how I feel about it, too. If, if Ryan Kelly were still coach, I'd be, like, coming in this game not even really that emotional. I'd be like, okay, I think we're going to win by 14 or whatever, and, and, and it'd be kind of close for a little while, and then all of a sudden, oh, I still, yeah. Uh, with Freeman being the unknown, I'm kind of like, man, what if he has these these guys just fired up for the game of their lives, and they, it's just like they come out, and all of a sudden we're down 17 nothing. Like, what the heck just happened? Why C.J. Stroud can't get, a, can't get a second to throw the ball? And, and this thing's like – the offensive line is discombobulated. Um I, I actually do expect it to be a dogfight for quite a while. So, I mean, I, if whether or not it tails off towards the end is, I don't know. Cause it, because, it, again, if this were, uh, let's just say, a media, mid, mid-style mid Big Ten team, and they, for whatever reason, gave us a, a dogfight till the second, third quarter, I'd be like, okay, we're going to pull away. But Notre Dame's not a mid-tier Big Ten team. So it's like, you just don't know. You, you If it's a game in the fourth quarter, it could go either way. It really can. And uh, hopefully the crowd can make a little difference. But uh, that being said, Ohio Stadium, I think it will be loud, and Notre Dame will provide that inspiration to make it loud because it's not Toledo, which the next week we have a Toledo night game. Like, what? The, who the heck made that? Uh, who, who's going to want to do that? But Wait a thank second. God it's not you a, got Toledo as a night game? Yeah, 730. I, I don't even understand that. Nobody understands wow. that. Uh, but thankfully, this game was going to be at noon, and I was like, don't make it a noon game. This is a prime time yeah. matchup. Game make of the a- week, starting the year, these two brands. Like, yeah, exactly. yeah that's a no-brainer. I mean, I, and, and it's not even, to me, it's not even, I mean, it's bigger than Texas, Al, uh, Alabama, because we all know Alabama's going to, I think Alabama's going to run rough shit over them. I, I think Alabama No way, is, man. Texas is back again. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, Quinn Ewers is going to rip Alabama apart, uh, but I do love B. John Robinson. I'll get, I'll give that out. I do love that guy. He's a great player. But then Alabama's got great players on their third stringers. I mean, it's ridiculous. I think we're all chasing Alabama, really, is what it is. Yeah. But um, I mean, my friend uh, on Twitter literally just said, hey, look, if it ain't, if one of these three teams like Georgia, Ohio State, or whatever can't compete with Bama, just give them the title and forget, forget the season because nobody's, nobody's competing with them. And Will, and Will Anderson alone is enough for you to forfeit the game. But um, yeah, this is the prime matchup of the, of the, of the week. Hundred thousand percent, and you know what? Next year will be the prime matchup of the week, for, for far as I'm concerned. I haven't seen the schedule, but it's like Freeman year two, new quarterback for Ohio State in South Bend. Big I game. Was act- I was actually going to say to you, in a lot of ways, that year two matchup is a lot more intriguing to me. Mm-hmm. Like just because of those dynamics, Freeman would be another year down the road. Freeman would be able to have his first class of recruits in, have a it's year under be his a good belt class, as too. head coach. Um, I, so I actually think that could be a better measuring stick of what Freeman ends up being, uh, closer to long-term than this game. Um, you know, but here we are. So, you know, fans are going to overreact no matter what. And it's just I like, I hate it too. I hate it too. Cause I swear the second Notre Dame scores a touchdown, Ohio state fans are same old defense, new guys. It's like, shut up, man. You're yeah. not going to shut this. They, for whatever reason, we think we should hold every team to under a hundred yards and shut every single team out. I just don't understand these standards. I don't get it. It's not realistic football. Yeah. Um, I, I, I expect it to be in the later. I expect Ohio state, I mean, Notre Dame to actually have fine. They're not dumb coaches. They're going to find holes, you know? So it's like, even if, even if we come out playing well, it's not like you're not going to adjust. So I, it, that's just what, yeah. teams do you know so it just calm but down man, it's weird though my interactions with the ohio state folks i mean mm-hmm. i mean twitter's wild you never yeah. know what you're gonna get there and and i'm a part of that problem i admit that i mean, I, it, me too you know, i've said some I things it, I regret. i'm a part of the problem yeah. um but it's it's weird because you got the people going you notre dame people are out of your minds we're winning by 40 like we're blowing mm-hmm. you out we're winning by 40 i get those messages every day yeah, and then there's I believe a whole it. There's a whole nother segment that's like, we actually respect Notre Dame as another decent Midwestern Northern team that that plays. I want Notre Dame in the Big Ten. I don't know how you feel about that, but I I want y'all in the Big Ten. You're hitting another item on my bullet points here. I was going to ask that. Well, let's get into it. Mm -hmm. I 
If you ask me, and everybody does, John, what do you think Notre Dame in the Big Ten, you know, a few years ago? Totally against it, stay independent, you know, mm. fielding Yost, didn't want us dirty Catholics in the league 100 years ago, you know, screw up. Now, things have changed. This is mm. a different Big Ten. You bring USC in there, do not think for a second a part of that move was not to entice oh, the 100%. Okay. Gene Smith is a Notre Dame alum. He wants Notre Dame in the big Yeah, and, and USC and Notre Dame want and need each other. Neither one wants to give that up ever. So then I've been telling people on my show, we all like our independence. That's what the only thing we know. We're, we're used to it. I know that's weird to conference people, um, but that's just our whole being. You know, it's all yeah. we know. But if you're Notre Dame, what are you really giving up? If you could still play a national schedule, Midwest, East Coast, West Coast, still have your national recruiting Notre Dame lives off of, you still have that. You get to maintain your rivals. You, you don't have mm. to give up USC to I join. want you all to keep playing Michigan. I'm sad that Michigan cut that off. Right? Yeah. So then you get to keep USC, add back in Michigan, Ohio State. We, had, we used to have great series with Penn yeah. State, Purdue, being in-state Purdue, Penn mm. State, Notre Dame, Michigan State's a hell of a matchup, too. Physical games. Every game is close and physical when Notre Dame, Michigan State play. Like, you have Wisconsin. There's a lot to like. So you have all that. It's great Think football of, every week. You, every week, these games are going to be good games. Even the middle-tier games at that point become intriguing. Mm -hmm. Then Notre Dame gets that Big Ten media money share. So they're not mm -hmm. making 20 million compared to 100. All right. And then the biggest thing is you're not independents. You're going to have the same playoff access as everybody else. You're not going to have to go through a flaming extra hoop or like if you lose one game, you're out completely. Right. Yeah. Or, or, you know, even if you're ranked number one, you can't have a buy in the new playoff, you know, some penalty for being independent. And they're going so to expand when, the playoffs anyway, so it gives you even more opportunity. So Right. And so the way I look at that is, if you're Notre Dame, you're able to keep in this dynamic most of the things we value the most about independence. At that point, what are you really giving up other than the name of being independent? So I don't hate it the way I used to mm -hmm. because the dynamics are totally changed. That USC thing got me excited. I'm like, dude, now I'm interested. Like, That's I honestly am. I think it's funny you brought up that they brought in USC with the thought of possibly, uh, you know, enticing Notre Dame. But here's another thought to validate what you're saying. They also are talking to Stanford. So it's yep. like, okay, Notre Dame and Stanford have a little bit of a rivalry. Yep. And so, and uh, go get Oregon, go get Stanford, go get USC, UCLA, go get Notre Dame, and go get Pitt from the ACC. And I think you have the makings of a mega conference that, ugh, dude, great football every week. Every week's a party. I am sick to death. Johnny is with me on this, my partner. Sick to death of Ohio State Rutgers. <laughs> I hate that yeah. game. Yeah. I who get you, what Rutgers who, brought to the conference. What do you get out I, of it? Nobody gets anything out of that. It's terrible. I get what they brought to the conference, uh, structurally speaking, in the, in the, the, the media deals. I get that. But yeah. when Ohio State played Rutgers, okay, it's a bye week. All right, whatever. Yeah. We're gonna we're gonna whip them by fifty, and it's our, our third string quarterback's gonna be in by third quarter. So was Ruck was Rutgers' acquisition purely based on geography? Is it because of where media. they're at? Like, media is that deal. it? And New that York TV media market deal. and all that. Is yep. that all that is? He would but, add Buffalo if he could, just for those media deals. <laughs> yeah, like, but it's like even just the name Rutgers is just boring. It's just Rutgers. Yeah. Like I just like I don't know, man. Like, and I say but, at least Maryland coming in has potential to be a solid program. Rutgers yeah. is just gonna be Rutgers. I mean, I don't know what to yeah. say about him, but um, I want Notre Dame so badly in the Big Ten, just because I want every great program. Just adds history to the to the Big Ten as well. Call it the Big Twenty Four. I don't care. Call it whatever you yeah. want. Let's just get all these great programs in. And let's just have USC, Notre Dame, Ohio State, Notre Dame, Michigan, Notre Dame, Michigan State, Notre Dame, Wisconsin, Notre Dame, Iowa, Notre Dame. Iowa would be a great game with Notre Dame. Uh, Iowa's tough. I I, I hate playing Iowa. <laughs> they're just yeah. tough. You um, know it's going to be tough. You know it's going to be physical. You know they're going to be disciplined. You know yep. they're going to do everything right. Like, and it's You know what they're going to do. They just do it well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It almost frustrates you. And if you're Ohio State playing them, 
you know, just by raw talent, you have five times that they do, but they do things so well and what they do do well. They're lunch pail. They're the epitome of lunch pail Midwestern blue collar workers. That's what they are. You know what I want to see? Here's what I want to see. I want to see a chilly 14 degree November afternoon on the plains of Nebraska. And I want to see USC out there playing them. That's what I want to see. They don't like it. They don't like coming mm-hmm. to Notre Dame in mid-October when it's like 55 and they're wearing the little uh, sleeve things, the full face sleeves yep. under the helmet. They're over the, there lighting up barrels on fire on the sidelines. And Notre it's Dame's like 50 like, damn degrees. Yeah. Players in Notre Dame are just, this is a normal day for me. Uh, yeah. I want to see them in Notre uh, South Bend or Ohio Stadium and the game before Michigan, game before rival week. Maybe that'd be your rivalry week even. Who knows? But uh, in November. And like when it's snowing and it's just rough and it's tough and it's like USC's coming out there and they just cannot play. Like that speed game they have is just useless. In that way. Yep. So yep. that's another thing. That's why we hired Justin Fry by late Ohio State because we were sick of being turning into the Big Twelve. Um, terrible defense, great passing game, run game is mm-hmm. not consistent. Because um, Justin Fry, wherever he's gone, has immediately improved the run game by fifty yards per game because that's what he is. He came in and he's the co-offense coordinator with Kevin Wilson. To be to fix that run game, make it more because we need to. We know we need to be a power run team in the end of the year. We know we need that. And in 2019, with J.K. Dobbins and an offensive line that was a bruiser, that's what was saving grace when Justin Fields was still kind of learning the game. Uh, he was he was only 19 passes a game. He was not the focal point of the offense. It was J.K. Dobbins going for 2,000 yards on the Clemson before J.K. I maintain it was J.K. Dobbins twisting his ankles what killed us against Clemson because uh, first first uh, quarter he had 160 yards rushing on the on the, on the Clemson's vaunted defense and Brent Venables. By the way, Ryan Day, I'm going to say this on your program is Brent Venables' daddy. <laughs> so I'm just going to say it. That guy has owned him every time they play. Oh man! Uh, so what would if you can't tell, I can't stand Clemson. <laughs> and I'm friends with some Clemson guys too. So that I like seeing both sides of this too. I have friends that are Clemson fans. I don't mind, I don't mind battling them a little bit. I, I don't hate yeah. the people. I don't hate, you know, I just, it's like, yeah. I just don't. Clemson was beating us almost luckily every time they played us. It was driving me nuts. So yeah, it's whatever. Um, so if Notre Dame was to pull this off this weekend, mm-hmm. What is the path to that in your mind as an Ohio State guy? Like, I think that's a good question that my people would like to know. I think you what said is it already. That path? Disrupt our offensive line, make it to where CJ don't get any, doesn't get any time, and our run game is stagnant. Um, and then I will say this: Ryan Day is a master of uh, adapting, so it's not. I don't expect even if we stifle us to him not to figure it out and adapt. But of course, Michigan was also another animal. But the Michigan blueprint: run the ball. If you can run the ball on us successfully and keep us off the field and keep the running the clock, make it an, a, a dog fight of a game. To, Ohio State needs to have their medal tested, to be honest with you, because against Michigan, they, they I don't want to say they gave up, but they just got pushed around. They really did. If, if Notre Dame comes in and beats you up, pushes you around, you have to do some soul searching as a program. Like, man, we're culturally speaking, we're 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 leaking right now. So I want I, that's what I want from Notre Dame. I want them to punch Ohio State in the face and see how Ohio State responds because you're not I don't I, do I want them to win the title of course but you're not going to win the title if you can't respond to somebody coming into your house and punching you in the face so mm-hmm. I think that's the ticket to win the game it's not going to be relying on big plays or that you just you just get those four yards per carry and just make it a cloud of dust like Woody Hayes used to say and just deflate the defense like because what's it they have they're coming into your game with a swagger on the defense side of the ball they feel good about where they are what's the way to take that out of their system run the ball down their throat Yep. If you can do that successfully, I actually see I, – I don't want to say they're going to fold, but I'm be honest. I'm just going to try to be honest. I don't know how they'll react. I, yeah. Based on the Michigan game, I don't know how they'll react. Now, granted, against Utah, they did toughen up in the second half, but I'm going to go ahead and say it. Even though Utah's ranked highly, I don't put them on Notre Dame's level. You know, yeah. uh, So if Notre Dame comes in, they're confident, they're hype, and they punch you in the mouth and they have success doing it, how do you react? That's yeah. the blueprint, in my opinion. Yep, and, and I just think there's – there's so much new with both of these programs yeah. in a lot of ways. There's a lot of new. Our whole defensive staff's basically new outside of LJ. Yeah, and then we have everything's pretty much new for us. So except it's for like just Tommy like, Reese, maybe I think it's the only guy you got back basically. I mean, yeah, Reese has been around, but it's like I mean, was he your most, offensive coordinator last year? He was. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. You know, and he played there under Kelly, and so you always had that dynamic of like recruit player. Mm-hmm. 
and then hired back as a coach underneath Kelly. But like, it was a little bit of a weird dynamic. Gotcha. And I always wondered, is they Kelly hired like, him before they hired do what he wants to do? Or is he still the, the 17-year-old recruit I boss around? You know, like, yeah. and I think. That's a good, he, that's a good point. Yeah. You know, that dynamic between knowing the guy is a recruit. Now he's supposed to be your peer, but is he looked at really as it? Mm-hmm. Um now Reese has no option but to, to get creative because we only have like five wide receivers, scholarship well, they, wide receivers. They've given him the offense, I imagine, right? He is the guy. He's the head coach of the offense. Yeah. He is. And so he's going to have to come up with – he's going to have to get creative. They call him the boy wonder, and the NFL wants him to be an offense coordinator. Well, you better come up with something then. Show they, me you something, know, right? Get, yeah. get creative with your tight ends, which Notre Dame has a traditional great history of using great. Use those tight ends. You're going to have to get creative with Don't your running backs. Don't you have the number backs. one tight end in the country? I mean, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Michael Mayer is the best player on our team. And there is no great amount player. of balls to him. We have not had great are... success against tight ends on defense. So it'll be interesting to see how they address that. <laughs> yeah, there is no amount of passes thrown to him that I could ever say in a game that's too many. Like, yeah. that number does not exist. He is by far the best player. And he's unbelievable. So he's going to be a first round draft, but yeah, he'll be a first rounder. And I think, well, the Bears got Komet. They took him first round uh, mm. last tight end. We had go out, and um, but the Bears have their own problems. Sure. You know, I, I feel so horrible for Fields. Oh, jeez, I want him to be successful, but I'm like, dude, they're not doing anything to make you successful. And you know, the funny part is, I think his best friend is Cole. <laughs> yeah, it. I think this new staff gives him a, they have it a, they have it together a little bit more. I'm in the Chicago area, so I'm in tune so. with all the I Bears so. stuff. Hey, I, I'm I'm gonna trust your I word think on it'll this. It'll be a I'm little hoping, better. I'm hoping for Justin's sake because, as you know, our history of quarterbacks in the NFL is not spectacular. So, um, you you have one of the greatest of all time in Joe Montana, and we have uh, who Tom I can't remember his name right now. The guy in the in the who was a punter or something essentially. No, Mike Tomzak. Mike Tomzak's our most successful quarterback. Yeah. In, in, well, and look how far back you had to go to find ours. Eighties. Oh well. <laughs> You well, know what? Montana, Montana is before the 80s. True, but he's still one of the greatest ever, though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but it's been a while. That's the other thing Kelly never figured out, man, is Kelly was this quarterback guru, offensive guy. He promised all this fast tempo scoring, good quarterback mm. development. We never got it. I mean, every quarterback he's had at Notre Dame got worse statistically, the longer they stayed in the program. I did notice that about Kaiser. Yeah, I was, that's everybody, rough, dude. Yeah. That's rough. The yeah. longer you're there with the quarterback guru, the shittier your numbers get. Like, like <laughs> it, it's it's just, I get that from the outside, everybody goes, Kelly's the best he had since Lou Holtz, and everything's changed since he was winning. Who are you guys to get mad at Kelly? It's it's hard to explain, though. Don't ever let a fan base tell you what to think, because I'll tell you, you know, man, there's absolutely 100%. I, I don't let people tell me what to think about my coaching. I mean, there's plenty of things about Urban towards the end we were not happy with. Well, why don't you tell so, the LSU people this, that tell me all it is is sour well, grapes, and I'm only just mad hopeful. because he left. LSU's just hopeful. I'll tell you what, LSU fans, if any of you are watching this, we tried to warn you Ed O was fool's gold. We tried to warn you that it was going to go right back down when Dave Aranda was gone and uh, uh, Joe, what was his name? Uh, the offensive coordinator was gone. Um, Joe Brady. Brady. And then yeah. Joe Burrow was gone. And then all your receivers were gone. All of a sudden, you, you're six and six every year. We knew every, every fan base on the planet called it. Like, they better enjoy this one. And they should because that was a great team. Yep. It's, it's all done. Forget it. When he yep. and then he hired Scott Linehan and then Bo Pelini. I'm like, yep, you're really done. <laughs> yeah. But you know what Kelly will do? Um, I mean, it's not all bad. Kelly inherited Notre Dame when they were in the dumpster. I mean, they were yeah. in a bad Oh, he's a good spot. coach, but he's also what 66 years old now or whatever he is, or how old yeah, is he? Early mid 60s, but like I will say this. He's dancing in he's... videos now. And... <laughs> yeah, and then the guy committed to Alabama two minutes later, right after that. I don't I'm blame like, that no, guy no, at no. All. Saban, I think I'm going to go hang out with you for a few years. Saban's on the um, phone with him. You want to be part of that ridiculousness? <laughs> yeah. I, I Kelly will do this, though. He will provide you structure and stability. Like, okay. and LSU needs that right That's now. That's true. Um, he will go in there. But you guys will... want to go to that next level. You don't exactly. want to stay at one spot. I totally get that. Yeah. I had the same feeling. That's right where we're at, man. That's right where we're at. 
I had the yep. same feeling with Trestle in the late 2010s. I was like, when he got fired, now, granted, I don't think he should have been fired for that. But at the same time, I was like, it quietly, like, we were kind of stale. We weren't going any better in 10 and 2 at this point. And he, yeah. you know, winning shares but, of the Big Ten was not a big deal to me at that point. But see, now you, that's kind of how we feel, where it's yeah. like 10 and 2 means you beat the 10 teams you have more talent than and lose it two better than you. That gets yeah. old after a while. Or you lose one you shouldn't lose or something like that. It's right, like, right. Yeah. And then the, you know, Notre Dame's bowl history. I mean, we haven't yeah, won a major fine. bowl since the early 90s. All the playoff games have been lopsided. Um, Although we did match up with some of the strongest teams in the playoff, I thought you played Bama opinion. kind of tough for ironically that year. Um, yeah, when the, the, the when he went to the playoff against Bama, I knew Bama would win, but I thought Bama was going to run away like forty-five nothing. I was like, actually, Notre Dame's sticking with them a little bit. They're they're playing them tough. But again, you're right. You have to win those games to feel better about them. I mean, it isn't like, well, yeah, we stayed in the game. You know, it's like, yeah, I totally then, get where you're coming from. And then you end up in a chicken or the egg scenario where. Mm-hmm. How do you how do you get the most elite recruits? Well, you kind of got to win elitely to get the elite <laughs> recruits. And then the elite recruits help you win elitely. So it's like Notre Dame's in the middle there where it's we're not really winning elitely, so we're not uh, recruiting the top, top. And I'm just hoping Freeman could change that dynamic. He seems He's to be on the, on the road to recruiting at a different level than Kelly was. I mean, Kelly I'm going like to tell a- you this. Here's my my best story for this, and then okay. I'll let you go. No, you're good. When Freeman got hired the first year as defensive coordinator, not mm-hmm. head coach, you know, under Kelly, within a month, my contacts at Notre Dame's compliance department, you know, you got your guys at mm-hmm. Iowa State, I of got course. my guys. Yeah. They're texting me saying, the recruiting office is freaking out. They've never seen so much activity and so much paperwork. They don't know what to do. Nice. That's a good thing. And I'm saying that is music to my ears. That is the best news I've ever received in my entire life. And the guy said they don't even have enough people to be able to process all the stuff this guy wants to do. And they're all panicking. They might have to move into another building. I said, beautiful. Back out of the way. Give the guy everything he needs and let him do it. Yep. And he was on campus one month. And he was making waves. And some of my compliance people were going, some of these people at Notre Dame are uncomfortable because he's being so aggressive and so uh, just over the top. And I'm like, this is why we never win anything we want to win. It's because we're stuck in that old mindset. I said, this is beautiful. This is what I've been begging for. And that's when it came in my mind keep this guy around till Kelly retires or goes to ESPN or takes an NFL job, move this guy in because Notre Dame can never get over the top without a little more elite talent. Mm. Kelly was never going to be able to get it. Freeman may be able to get it. That's an upgrade from guaranteed never to maybe isn't much of an upgrade, but it is one. I I I think you're absolutely right now you're looking at this. It's like, okay, now I see like a higher ceiling. So I feel you yeah. feel you feel like I feel rejuvenated, that type of thing. When Urban got hired after Luke Fickle had a medi- a really bad year, and it wasn't Luke Fickle's fault, but uh he was thrown into a horrible situation. When Urban Meyer got hired, the minute he got hired, I was oh my gosh. And I was like, we're going to recruit well again. Because Jim Tressel was like, if he's not Midwestern, I don't want him. And it's like, dude, the, the people in Texas and California need to get. Yeah. Uh, so I it's funny you're saying all this. It's bringing me back to 2011, 2012. I'm like, oh, but my so God. you get it though. Yeah. But then, like from the outside, people look at your program and like, you guys are winning a lot of games. Why? What are you complaining about? But it's like you always programs want keep more, going through man. Lulls, man. Those these guys' programs that get six wins like every other year. It's like you don't understand. We got standard. We want to win championships. You know, yeah. we we don't want to ten games. Okay, I can say nice season, but enough of those, and you're like, when are we gonna? Yeah, when, when are we going to yeah, take the next step? <laughs> here's the other thing, too, for Notre Dame specifically. We don't have no division to win or a conference mm-hmm. trophy to win, and then you lose your postseason game. Like, we don't have that. So you're either winning a big bowl game or you're getting nothing. Like, you yeah. get nothing, you know? Like, so it's just a little empty when it's like, oh, wow, we went undefeated. Then you get embarrassed in the playoff and that's all anybody cares about. And then you restart it. Like, I get you. so there's a light at the end of this tunnel. 
Mm -hmm. I'm just not sure how long it's going to take us to reach the end of that tunnel. That is, after an hour, that's where I come full circle to where we started. Yeah, I hear you. I mean, look, again, with Ryan Day, he was like that. He was great. Um, Yeah. Not perfect, but great. And Freeman, there's no reason he can't be. I'm going to say, I mean, I just, we're just back to where we were. I I just don't know 100% what to expect. Uh, Me neither. but you do. We, I do know one thing for sure. Freeman's not yeah. going to be conservative in this game. He's going to throw everything he can at him, and he should. I'll yep. tell you one thing. If, you're, if I'm a Notre Dame fan, I'm going to say this. If Freeman comes out and he kind of clams up and gets timid, I'm going to be mad. Not that you lost the game. If you lose the game, mad that you didn't just give everything you had at it. Throw, yep. throw all every missile you had at it. You know yep. that that would that's what would tick me off. I'm like, dude. Now I would it. I get that. Um, but that's it's a little ballsy too. If you're Freeman and you're going in there and you're going, I'm going for it. Like I respect the hell out of that. Like like there's risk in that. You yeah, know, if is. you're gonna be ultra aggressive, that could backfire on you. Um, but I totally agree with you because that's one of the complaints I had with Kelly in those big playoff games. He got real conservative. Mm. Kelly played those games with a loss already in the book, and it was a matter of making it look as pretty as possible. Like gotcha. that's how it felt that well, he we only was lost con- by seven. So it was right. it's okay. Like, yeah. He would concede the loss and then play the game, not to win, but just keep mm. it where you can't get ridiculed. Like, you well, know, and that's a loser mentality. I would rather you go for it. It doesn't work than just. Well, I do mean, and- I do want to caveat that when I say that is pick your spots. Uh, I'm not saying just throw Hail Marys every play, but I mean, yeah. when I say haymakers, be the young Mike Tyson with Customato who picked his spots, not the not the Mike Tyson with Don King who just threw haymakers to try to throw to knock you out quick. Yeah. Uh, so go in there and don't if it's if it's fourth and two uh, and you're on our 38, don't punt the ball. <laughs> you know what I'm saying go for that, right? That type of thing. Throw throw your throw your shots in there. Yep. So I don't know, man. I this is going to be interesting, and there's just so much new. We all just can't. I I'm just genuinely interested. To sit wait, there and what, steal what, months them. now or whatever or what has it been eight months nine months uh, for football? Yeah, it's it's a big buildup. Um, anything else you want to touch on? I I really appreciate you joining. This has been great. Oh yeah, great conversation. I'm looking forward to the game. Uh, you know what? Uh, as far as from the Ohio State side, we're all interested to see Knowles' defense. Um, it'll be interesting to see Tommy Reese, like you said. I didn't even think about that dynamic. I'm going to bring it up on my podcast and credit you for it, <laughs> uh, about him not being Brian Kelly's guy anymore. Now he's his own guy. So, okay, now against Jim Knowles, who the reason why we're so excited about Jim is because he's proven as a defensive coordinator. Yep. Kerry wasn't. We were all a little worried about that. Jim comes in. And so there's times with Kerry on the sideline, he just had that, you know, look like, what do I do, you know? Uh, where Jim is Cornell grad, intelligent guy, he's not going to be a head. We don't want to have to worry about him in two years being a head coach because he's fifty-seven. He's got a, yep. he's, he's kind of. I've often said he's going to be Brent Venables to Ryan Day. Is what he's going to be like, like he was to. Uh, except he's not going to leave. Um, but I'm I'm excited about that. He's he's not going to come in here and be like, never seen that before. I don't know how to answer that. You know, so that's yeah. what I'm excited about. He went and got somebody and paid him two million a year. Said you are proven. Just come in and do it. Yep. So that's why we're genuinely excited about this season, I think, for Ohio State fans. Yes, it'll take a little bit of time. It's not going to be perfect right off the bat, but I do think it'll be a lot better than it's been. I'll just be excited to see a guy who's aggressive for once. Like, he's like, just send these guys at the quarterback. Young quarterback, you know, like you usually said, try to disguise it for him, send guys at him. Hopefully, you, I'll be honest with you, it's going to, is your center experienced or is he? Uh, yeah, we feel pretty we feel pretty That's going to be key for him to be able to spot those things for the quarterback. Cause I mean, obviously young quarterback, you want that center to be a guy who's, uh, who's seen everything. So. Yeah. And the guy that got hurt on that offensive line was the center. Then they kicked him out of center and then he got hurt. So, but it's a guy with playing experience, Good. um, upperclassmen, um, that's both key. If he was our, a freshman or something, I'd say, uh-oh, I don't want to tell you. But honestly, both of our tackles, those are NFL guys waiting to happen. Like, they, mm-hmm. those are 10 or 12-year NFL guys. Like, down – Joe Alt, Blake Fisher, those those are names. It's going to well, be think, like Quentin Quint Nelson and the Martin. and Martin, Quint Nelson's a great player. Like, so. that's kind of where this is headed. These guys well, I'm sure are, you guys always have great tackles. I, I, and I'm not even saying the pressure is going to come off the edge. I think the interior pressure with Michael Hall, Turin Vincent, and uh, Tyleek Williams is going to be – Michael Hall, to me, that's a name number 51 for all your listeners. If you see him a lot making plays, don't be surprised. 
that dude, I saw, he, he's he's a redford freshman, gonna play a lot. He's nasty. He's got huge hands. He's he's got 280 pounds of just pure muscle. He's not even any fat on him. He to me reminds me of John Randall. If you remember John Randall from the mid 90s, yep. that's who he reminds me of. And it's like because he's not a starter yet, but I'm telling you, when he rotates in there, he's gonna be a major problem. Uh, for the interior line. That's the guy that's number 51, Mike Hall. And he got a penalty last year for, you know, doing that. And uh, I was like, you know what? I'm okay with that penalty. I like that mentality. Go in there and start. Because we don't have enough guys and dogs on that defense right yeah. now. Even our own former players were calling out our guys. Like, there are not enough dogs on this defense. So I'm hoping You need Jim dogs on every defense that's any 100%. good. You need them. You need Exactly. Them. You, need you need those need guys them. that maybe you need to help them with schooling a little bit, but when they uh-huh. get on the field, they just know what to do. So it's yep. like, you, yeah. you got to have, and when Notre Dame won their last championship, when I was four years old, they had those kind of guys on the defense. Mm-hmm. You needed those guys, you know, um, Chris Zorch with his Jersey rolled Remember up. Michael Stonebreaker. You, we had a yep. linebacker named Stonebreaker. It's perfect. Like exactly. you need those guys on defense. Hey, we got well, a linebacker named Steel Chambers. I love him. Uh, you can't even, <laughs> That's beautiful. That's a good, you he's know, a he, should, too. he should get a, uh, an NIL deal with a shotgun company or something for that well, name. That's you should beautiful. get, you should get him pouring into the, for your, for that name, bro. Well, that's, yeah. that's beautiful. Well, and he's our Corey, lead linebacker. So I really appreciate you joining me. Tell all my yeah, listeners fun. where they can find your program. I don't want to mess it up. Oh, you're good. It's Ohio State football with Scarlet and great on here on YouTube, guys. If you want to check us out, we appreciate it. Uh, I'll be subscribing to this podcast, Always Irish, because I really appreciate uh, John having me on, and it's been it's been awesome. And uh, I look forward to future podcasts with him, brother. Hey, I would love to hit you back if you ever. Maybe next year, I'll come back on your show so you could get a hit from the other end. We could do that. Absolutely, um, keep doing crossovers. If you're interested in coming to South Bend for the Ohio State game next year, get mm. get with me on that. Maybe 100%. I could work something out for you to to. Head I'd love over to go visit well. that stadium. Ann Arbor, I'll never go to, but South Bend. Me I'll neither. Yeah, yeah, I'm not interested in that. I you couldn't pay me. I'm not interested. I don't want to be near those people. I don't like them. <laughs> No, I'm not. I, I'm I not you. joking. I I'm not. You. No. So the final thing I was going to tell you is, regardless how this ball game goes in a few days, we're on the same page with Michigan. That was how I was going to end the show. So what I need from you guys is win, lose, or draw against us. I mm. need you to take care of business. Beat the hell out of those oh, guys. Oh, it's coming. That beatdown's ready coming. They've been talking you, too much. You yeah. need to. Yeah, they're talking way too much. So you oh, guys need wait. to put an November end to that. November 26th, we can't even wait. We cannot wait. Ryan Day can't wait for that game. I and you know you. who else? I need Mel Tucker to keep owning them too. I can't get enough of that. So I need Mel to keep doing what he's doing. And but between the three of us, we're all going to keep them down. That's the pact we're going to make. Exactly. Yeah, Beautiful. I'm fine with that. I'm good with that. You know, and, and Penn State can try to get into that and to be the little little you know side stepchild over there. <laughs> Beautiful. Well, Corey, thanks a lot. I appreciate it, man. It's going to be a hell of a game, and enjoy your night. You're going to be at the ball game. Safe travels. Appreciate you, man. Thank you for having me on. Thank you.